Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Online, on your mobile, and on FM. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. When it looked like a home defeat to Sheffield United, our big friendly German knocked home the leveller. Welcome to Charlton Live. in that one loads and loads to make sure I don't say the wrong word there. <laughs> Good evening and welcome to Charlton Live. This is uh, Sunday evening here on Maritime Radio. Uh, this is Louis Mendes going to look back at yesterday's one-all draw with Sheffield United. Joining me in the studio here at the Valley, the grand old man, Charlton Live, how are you doing to help? Evening everyone. Yeah, I'm doing alright, yeah. Yeah, excellent stuff. Uh, did you enjoy the game yesterday? Uh, not entirely. The last two minutes were brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, not so much. Yeah, someone enjoyed themselves yesterday. Cause this desk is really sticky. Always the mics as well sticking there. And um, uh, joining the pair of us, Lewis Cat. How you doing, Lewis? Yes, good mate. You? Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Did you also enjoy the last two minutes, or did you enjoy the whole game? They were the lovely last two minutes. Lovely last two minutes. That's what. That's all we could ever hope for. Sometimes, <laughs> but we'll, we'll take it. Uh, so on tonight's show, of course, we're going to look back at yesterday's uh, one-all draw. Late, late draw it was uh, with Sheffield. United, we're going to hear the highlights, we're going to hear from uh, caretaker boss, the outgoing caretaker boss, Kevin Nugent, 
and he's going to be going back to his coaching role by the sounds of it. We're going to hear from uh, goal scorer Patrick Bauer. Uh, uh, of course, we need to remember the Alex actually <laughs> got a new manager during the week, so we're going to talk about Carl Robinson joining the club. Uh, on that note, well, I'm going to play a little bit of yesterday's BBC London Sports Show where uh, Nick Godwin, Steve Brown, and myself were talking about him. Uh, just to see the reaction that those two had to something he'd said after the Bristol Rovers game reportedly. So I thought that was quite interesting. Uh, hear from a couple of other Charlton fans there as well. Also, you go talk about yesterday's protest. I went out and interviewed Alan Davis of Card. Uh, I want to know what you guys made of that. Uh, and also, finally, uh, my other half, Amy, uh, massive Charlton fan like myself, when uh, Patrick Bowers' goal went in yesterday, she somehow flew across rows of seats and ended up with battered and bruised legs. Uh, so I want to know what's the worst... Uh, Injury you've ever got celebrating a uh, goal. Uh, I'll tweet out the picture of a bruised leg as well uh, later on, just so, can, just, just so you can <laughs> see it uh, again. So uh, if you get involved, any topics you want to talk about tonight, you can email the studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us at charltonlive, or you can go onto the Charlton Live forum where there's a thread. Um, deserve point yesterday, Tal? <laughs> Not exactly. Uh, well, no, actually, uh, I'll rephrase it. I think all if you get a point, you deserve it. Yeah. Because uh, what goes around comes around. Some games you don't get what you deserve, uh, and and uh, some games you get, sometimes you get stuff that you maybe not deserve. So uh, I always think if um, it's the fact that we got a point is just as much down to Sheffield United's inadequacy uh, to put the game away as and our and our and you know we've got to admit um, also as bad as we as bad as we played defensively um, a good a great performance uh, I think uh, especially Dylan Phillips was outstanding. But um, so in the end, you know the fact that we got a point. Uh, is is as much down to uh, the fact that we stuck in there uh, and uh, without playing well managed to get something out of the game, which which is utterly incredible. When you <laughs> when you think back and you, you even look at the stats now and you think uh, how on earth did we get a point out of that? But you know you know we we absolutely battered Port Vale up at their place uh, and only had one goal to show for it. So yeah. it, it happens. Yeah. yeah, we know we know exactly how it feels. Right, let's uh, let's listen back to try and work out how we did get that point. This is uh, Terry and Greg on uh, CFC Player Match Day Match Day Live. Is it still called? Yeah. Yes, it is. Yes, yeah. From from yesterday, these are the highlights of uh, of yesterday's game. They're uh, going to be doing the flat four four two. Does look like Sheffield United are going to do a three-man back four, the three-man back line. Sorry, yeah, back four. And we are underway here at the valley, and there are all manner of um, objects flying onto the valley uh, pitch. There's, there are stress balls again, and do they look like uh, small black taxis? There are uh, taxis on turf. Thousands of uh, sponge black taxis being. Um, Hurled towards uh, the valley turf. A couple of red flares as well. The Sheffield United fans have uh, also got their hands on a few and they're, uh, they're being thrown in as well. The red flare right in the six-yard box could cause uh, Dylan Phillips a bit of problem. And the people in the front row are covered in right behind his goal. It's not as much as before, it must be said, though. Not as many um, as there were plastic, uh, as there were foam pigs, I don't think. No, nowhere near. It sends a message, though, doesn't it? Well, naturally, uh, and uh, that is the purpose, of course. Chant uh, Card have been uh, fairly active over the past few weeks, and today looks like it's no different. As uh, Dylan Phillips is uh, practicing his kicking skills with the balls, I'm not sure he'll be as successful with the Black Cabs. I don't think they roll quite as well. That's uh, that's not a support for Uber, by the way. Wouldn't dare. <laughs> We are uh, one and a half minutes in, 
no players yet, obviously, and uh, I'll let you know when, uh, when we're likely to start, but uh, there are still, especially in front of the Covenant, the rest of the pitch looks fairly clear now. I'm wondering if this uh, might, uh, might happen again as we go forward. And you can hear, obviously, the Charlton crowd backing up the uh, throwing of projectiles with uh, vocal... explanation of what's going on. Duffy is the man who's over it, will fleck the left-footed option. It's right of central. O'Connell's a spare man at the back here. Nobody's picking him up at all, so if the, if the ball comes out the back here, and uh, the, the, uh, yeah, the, the bench have just noticed that, and the Jose's having to sprint back, but it's... Uh, He's, he's marking the wrong bloke. <laughs> Duffy dummies over the ball. It's played short to Duffy in a penalty area across goal, and it's 1 0 Sheffield United. Mark Duffy gives the visitors the lead. A quickly taken free kick, caught Charlton off the guard. Duffy raced into the penalty area. His ball across, somehow diverted to the far corner. I think Phillips got a touch on it, but couldn't keep it out. Sheffield United have the lead. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, from the. The marking leaves a lot to be desired. The uh, Charlton were expecting uh, the shot. Uh, and similarly to uh, what I mentioned before, when the Joe had to rush back and pick up a player, they were all expecting the shot and didn't expect the short ball to Duffy. He was clearing away on that right-hand side and then uh, almost, not, obviously not an open goal because uh, Dylan Phillips was there, but uh, a fairly comfortable finish. Sheffield United now with the ball forward. And it's that man, Duffy, can break, taking on Charles' defence. Halfway inside Charles half, brings it forward on the edge of the penalty area. Still Duffy, still Mark Duffy. Goes for goal, oh, okay. save from Dylan Phillips. Superb Dylan Phillips. Deflected off, his, uh, Duffy's shot, deflected off. Pierce, I think, looped up and Phillips had to go across to his right-hand side. Deflect the ball past the goal. Great save from Dylan Phillips. Outstanding save from Dylan Phillips. Goes past him again. To up and surely he's fouled there. Great work from Patel. Drag to the floor and Charlton have a free kick couple of yards outside the right-hand edge of the penalty area. Great work from Jordan Pataka. Absolutely brilliant work down there. The last minute towards <coughs> the last minutes of the game, he just stretches Sheffield United, cuts him on his right foot, cuts him on his left foot. We're in the second minute of added time. Can Charlton grab an unlikely equaliser? Is that Chickson over there? With his... Uh, Left foot to take this free kick. Charlton have put everybody in the box, and Sheffield United have done likewise. So, everybody, Lookman and uh, Foley are just on the edge of the penalty area. The ball going to be swung into the into the box. It's a flick off from McGinnis. Yeah! Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser. I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis's initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea. But Charlton are back on level terms. I've got no idea who this comes off. I don't even care. It's a great delivery into that area. Sean, out of nothing really. Have the equaliser. Going to try and see on the replay who's got it. Who have they given it to as well? Bow was on the line. Pierce was there as well. McGuinness got the header, no question. Still in the penalty area. Novak oh, trying to get there and header. head again headed away. By Freeman this time. Goes back to Lookman. He's got to knock this in first time. No, that's it. It's all over. What an end to this game. 
So you heard it. It was a great end to the game there as, uh, as Paddy Bowers, uh, late, late leveller, uh, rescues a point for the Addicts. Um, the, the, the last 10 minutes, I guess, it, you could argue we started to, to put a bit of pressure on them. And after, after the goal winning, we even had a, a chance to nick it as well. Uh, well, oh, how, how, uh, how unjust might that have uh, I mean I was in here after the game and Chris Wilder came in oh. and I faced like thunder yeah <laughs> I mean, you know you remember what Russell Slade looked like after the Port Vale game it uh, was much worse yeah. than that I nearly um, <laughs> when when Wilder came out of the Sky Sports interview room I just to be so happened to be walking around the corner exactly at the same time and he he came out and we were this close face face to face to each other and I thought oh god he's going to kill me I feel yeah I've seen that face before <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I know. I think it was Rich uh, um, who asked the first question in the in the interview room, and I, I couldn't hear the question, but I could just see Richard, Rich, uh, Chris Wilder looking straight at him, and it was just a one-word answer. And then you could see Rich going, "Oh, this is going to be our book." Uh, and then the next one was just a little bit better, and then then other people got involved, and, and I think he, he opened up a little bit more after that. But from the initial question, you think, "Oh, I bet he's not a happy bloke." Yeah. I mean, we, we, like, like we said, we've been on the other end of that before. Yeah, absolutely. And Sheffield United, I actually thought that uh, you know the best side I've seen down here this season by by a stretch, really. Yeah, they did, didn't they? They they dominated for long stretches. It's like we say that you got to you got to take your chances. That's what we've done so many times this year. So it's nice to be on the other end of it, isn't it? Us to be the ones actually rescuing a point. So what did you make of the team news? Uh, only one change from that five-one win at Bristol. We saw Jacko coming back in for Chickson. I was I don't know. I was a bit surprised. By curious, that. I, yeah, I, thought, I thought I thought Chickson done well. I think if. I'd have understood it more because especially the way Southampton uh, Sheffield United lined up uh, with that five-man midfield um, the way if, if we'd have um, played Jackson the, their three-man back four three-man back four <laughs> <laughs> I said that didn't I yeah. <laughs> I got the flu leave me alone <laughs> uh, um, the, I still can't believe I said the, uh, you know the, with that five in midfield they were, they were always going to dominate us if, I could have understood Jackson coming in if it was part of that you know of us matching up to a, to a five man I could I could probably grasp it if, if that was the case to drop Chickson who, who I think was probably close to being our man of the match on Tuesday night I think he was outstanding so and then also when he came on I thought he changed uh, the game in our favour admittedly they'd lost um, they'd already lost Duffy by that point which helped because he was there at uh, well I think him and uh, um, it was the other guy Fleck uh, in midfield were bossing it um, all over the place and Duffy was just always spare but you know when you've got five men in midfield and we didn't grasp how to cover that with our four and I you know and I know it's easy to say possibly in hindsight but I did say it in commentary yesterday as well when you've got four men at the back with only two men to mark and you know that there are five in midfield then surely somebody in that back four it's usually the right or left back has got to be told or as you know you've got to discuss it amongst yourselves in the back four and say right I'm not marking anybody I'm going to be spare whenever that man's loose in the middle it's either mine or your man. Whichever side he's on, we've got to take him. Mm. So there's no space or there's no extra man in midfield. We just didn't do it. Mm. Um, and then the, the you know their goal, good lord. Yeah, I, mean, I think I think, <laughs> I think I think that was the personification of bad <coughs> defending. That was the, the the goal that they scored. And uh, was it was Duffy who, who, t- who took the run away? He seemed to have twenty minutes before he made the after he made the run to, to finish it. And we didn't learn either. He did it in the second half, but the the, the ball through to I think it was um, I'm trying to think it was Ebanks Lendl that made the run. Um, from the uh, from deep, and we just watched him go. We just, just watched him get to the. I mean, fortunately, the ball to him was was too heavy, and it went out of play. But you know, we didn't learn from that mistake. Fortunate, uh, and um, you know, fortunately for us, they didn't punish us as they didn't for most of the game, really, mm. apart from that free kick. Yeah, uh, Dylan Phillips um, 
had a, I mean, he, his debut against Bristol Rovers, he made some fantastic saves. No, he made some lovely saves yesterday as well, but I think he'll be, he'll be disappointed with himself for the goal as well. He looks like he'd set himself for the cross slightly too early and then probably dived out of the way. Um, but then, you know, when, when the guy's left, you've got to make a decision as a keeper uh, when the guy's through one-on-one and he's at an angle. If you commit to trying to stop his shot, then it's a simple cross into the box and, and they had numbers. So I think it was um, damned if you do, damned if you don't for, uh, for Dylan, to be honest. Uh, I don't blame him particularly uh, because when you're left exposed like that, uh, your keeper is, is the last one you should really blame. Mm. Uh, we saw the, we haven't mentioned really the protests again at the start of the game with the taxis coming on. Uh, bit of a, we'll, we'll talk about that in detail, but it's, it's only really a three minute um, delay this time. And I don't think people talk about whether it affects the players. I don't think I've seen it affect the players once really, either for or against. We've won games after it. I think, have we lost one game after one maybe? But we, we tend. It, it tends not to affect us in any way, but the, the game did take a maybe a five or ten minutes to, to get going. Not probably not because of that, but it did take a few minutes after that. Yeah, I thought so. It was it was a bit of a slow start, um, but Sheffield, like, like you say, they definitely the best best side I've seen down here. They look they look prepared, and the midfield, just the way they played, it showed how far our midfield got to go. In my opinion, I still think we're short of of something in midfield. We always seem to be a little bit exposed. Mm-hmm. Um, especially in width the width at the moment is something that I keep seeing whether it's I think it's Jackson gets put gets dragged into the middle and so does so does uh, Lookman because he's he's a central yeah, player most central players and we end up yeah we end up having no width whatsoever and that's that's a bit of an issue obviously we're missing Ricky Holmes um, but we've got we've got Bataka sitting on the bench and it confuses me every yeah, week that's, a, that's another question well, isn't it? I, what does Jordan have to do to get a start yeah. I, I've got a feeling and I'm playing devil's advocate a bit here because uh, obviously the times he comes on when there are only 10 minutes to go he's outstanding when he comes on with half an hour ago, he's less effective. I don't know if there's an issue there, but just think of a fitness issue, perhaps. Or? And I'm, I'm just wondering. No, I, I think more so that um, I think uh, I'm guessing uh, because I don't know, but I'm wondering whether he doesn't offer anything. I mean, to be honest, I thought Adam Ola had one of his poorer games yesterday because um, I mean he started quite well and he got back and tracked back, but as the game went on, he did less and less of that, uh, and I thought he left. Um, uh, his, uh, you know, the defender behind him, whether it was Foley or when he was on the other side, Fox, very exposed from time to time, especially when they've got that five-man midfield. He's got to do that job. And I'm wondering if Pateka's a similar player. Just, you, you just can't defend. It's fine if you've got, um, a, a, you know, um, what do you call it, a, a, a gluttony of, of players who can, who can cover for him. But maybe that's the issue. Maybe they're just worried about the fact that he'll leave, he'll leave us exposed at the back too. I guess without Ricky Holmes as well, now we are now missing one of our main, most potent attacking threats as well. And that's, I saw him in his boot outside the game yesterday. It's going to be two months, and that, I think he is going to be a big miss in terms of trying to take the game to Sheffield United, which we, we didn't really do that much yesterday. Well, I think you know we've uh, we've got to we've got to accept the fact that uh, they were better than us yesterday, uh, and probably are a better side uh, stroke squad than us at the moment, and. Uh, well, there are probably three or four sides like that in this league at the moment. We've got to uh, we've got to pick and choose our uh, our victories. I think, like Bristol on Tuesday, we you know when we've got the chance. And I think that you know I think that might be what fr- frustrates fans uh, as much as anything is that when we go against teams that we really should be, you know, like Swindon for example. You know, we went turned up at Swindon and made them look like Brazil, mm. and they're nowhere near as good as Sheffield. Not even close to being as good as Sheffield United. But we just allowed them to play. We played one up front. We just didn't compete and we didn't go at them. Whereas Bristol on Tuesday night is completely the reverse. You know, so when we go at games, uh, and at games we have a real chance of, of, of beating teams, you know, we should and we've got to, otherwise we're going to really struggle. Do, do you think that might have been the reason that Jackson was included just in? Like, he might have been considered a more defensive option than, than Chickson. Yes, I guess so. I think uh, they want to, I mean, you'll hear from um, Kevin Nugent's, I asked him that question actually, uh, why I dropped Chickson pretty much, and, uh, and I think 
he admitted, first of all, he said, uh, as you'll hear, um, we wanted ball retention. We wanted to keep the ball more. We wanted to make sure that uh, Sheffield United couldn't uh, overrun us in midfield. Uh, uh, but he also admitted it didn't work. Yeah, oh, that's mm. good. Thing. That's uh, very honest of him. Uh, like, so I've already talked about Dylan in terms of uh, the, the goal, but that, there was a, a couple of saves early in the second half. I think there was one in particular from Duffy, I think, where he stretched yeah. it to turn around the post. There was sort of one that was maybe headed towards the near post as well. Um, he, um, he he does look a very good prospect, doesn't he? And I, I yeah. asked him after, after the Bristol Rovers game, I, I sort of wasn't being cheeky, I was saying, you must see this as a chance to get get Declan Rudd's place for the long chalk. I mean, Nugent's already said that you think Declan's the, the best goalkeeper in League One, but there's no, absolutely no reason why he'd be dropped straight away for Rudd if, if he continues playing as well as he has. Yeah, I agree. I thought he was absolutely outstanding yesterday. Um, and from the highlights I saw on from Tuesday night, you know, it's the, some of the same stuff. Um, he's very young, obviously. And he, where was he last year? Was it Cheltenham Town last Cheltenham, year? Cheltenham, Cheltenham last year. Yeah, and you know, had a good season there. They they got promoted and stuff. So, um, I I think he's got to see it as a chance to come in. Um, he's, he's got to look at you know all the younger players we've brought through in, in any position that have taken the chance. Mm. And why not Dylan? I thought I think he's been fantastic so far. I thought his distribution was something that really impressed me as well. Oh, that throw. The throw, yeah, he just seems really alert and really with it, and he sees he sees something. And we've had a, few, a couple of times with a few keepers where we get a bit frustrated they hold on to the ball for so long, and we're like, just, just kick it, get get rid of it, give it to someone up top. And he seems to to look at his options and, and create chances. I think he's started a bit nervously because a few of the kicks he scuffed. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. One kick that went the straight stage, to them. Yeah. Yeah. And the early stages, <coughs> playing in front of the cover, then for your first first league title, that's about not happening. There was another one in the second half. That. Where we seem we seem to have a free kick sort of midway through our own half, and I was busy not looking at the game. And I turn, I look up, and all of a sudden, um, he's backpedalling towards his own goal. So was he <laughs> shoulder really bad back pass there? Or something? Um, yeah, I think it was Patrick Bauer sold him a, a real uh, real suicide ball yeah. um, on 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 that occasion. Yeah. So he, he had to put up with look. I think he's a quality keeper. There's there's one particular save, and I implored the the media boys to uh, to put it in on Tuesday night when they showed they showed a clip a montage of his saves. Yeah. There was one particular double save that was caught, can, um, um, cancelled out because um, I think it was I'm trying Billy Sharp. I think no, not Billy Sharp. He played yesterday. Um, whoever the uh, Bristol Rovers front number ten was, I can't remember off the top of my head. Taylor, yeah, Taylor, Matty Taylor, Matty Matty Taylor. Taylor. Um, he uh, he handballed it apparently in the build-up, so or in in the first uh, the build-up to the first shot. But the double save was yeah. unbelievable, especially the second one. I yeah. mean, the first one was reactionary. The second one, where he had to claw it because the ball he, he made a reaction save from the initial um, strike, uh, which was brilliant, and it went straight up in the air, and it was coming back down into the goal, and he managed to claw it yeah. away from under the bar. Phenomenal double save, and nobody's going to see it because it was <laughs> straight. That's, that's one in the interview where he said he, he wished he wished they hadn't given yeah, handball. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, with half an hour left, was Nicky Ajozo taken off for, for Lee Novak. It was one of Ajozo's more quiet games yesterday. Wasn't really seeing too much of that, was he? I mean, with, in terms of the fact that Charlton weren't really going forward either. Um, no. not, not surprised to see he wasn't seeing much of the ball yesterday. Yeah, no, he, he was quite quiet yesterday, but it, it was like Terry's touched on. It was the same with, with Addy. I think like the past few games, actually, uh, Lookman's been sort of bullied, if you like. I think, obviously, the people have made aware of him before they play us and... They seem to be dub- doubling up on him, even even tripling up on him. Mm. Uh, and it seems it's the same with Jose. Really, he's, he's not really good with the ball going to him in the air, is he? He's not, he's not the tallest. But Sheffield United were clever yesterday. They didn't do what uh, Bristol Rovers did and, uh, and Port Vale did the week before, doubling up on on Eddie, uh, on Eddie to, to uh, which leaves space elsewhere. Mm. Uh, they just thumped him one one yeah. on one. Uh, he was just bullied. He was. There was a particular tackle. I think it was. Um, uh, Lafferty in the second half. Um, considering Johnny Jackson got booked for something really petty, mm. uh, but because he was, uh, it was deemed to be cynical. 
I mean, he cleaned Adam Lutman out in that second half and just took him out on the edge of the penalty box. And nothing. Not even spoken to him. No. Just yeah. some, stu- some of the stuff was bizarre. We've got, we got plenty of tweets to come to, which we will do soon. But this one there from Mike Tyson said, Lutman got kicked to bits. Obviously, Sheffield United players were playing to orders, but the ref has to protect him. Absolutely. Yeah. He, said he, he says the ref was, uh, was very poor. Right, so then... Uh, last 10 minutes I, I did feel the last 5 to minutes is, whenever it's at 1-0 there's always that chance as we found out mm. as we found out at Port Vale as I'm, we found out a million times in all our time watching careers there's always that chance there's always that chance and then uh, it was a great one run by Botark I think to win a, to yep. win a foul yep. mm. um, just before that actually there was a great move down the right hand side with Botark and Chickson where Chickson forgot to press circle and cross it into the middle. I mean, that was infuriating, wasn't it? That yeah, was. It was. Just I wonder who. But you're, you know, you were loath to have a go at him because the, the miles and the energy he put in to, to get into that position yeah. in the first place. And I thought um, there was three things that happened yesterday. Uh, of course, for us, Chickson and Lookman uh, and Bataka coming on, which I think changed our momentum uh, to a forward one rather than a backward one. Mm. But uh, for them, Chris Wilder, um, uh, Mark Duffy going off. Uh, was was huge because he was he was their spare man. He was everywhere. Him and uh, as I said before, Fleck seemed to be bossing it, and we couldn't compete. As soon as he went off, that level dropped because then uh, the guys that come on that replaced him didn't have the same energy levels, didn't have the same intelligence, football brain, call it what you will. But um, that I think allowed us, especially down the, our right hand side, which is mostly where Duffy was operating. Um, it seemed to free us up down there, and with um, with Bataka coming on and his threat, which we all know about. Uh, down down that side, they suddenly uh, started panicking, and uh, they were the ones then were giving suicide balls and uh, uh, not finding their men all of a sudden. And so um, I don't know. If, I wouldn't say I could. See, you could see it coming, but you could see a change, a shift in um, uh, momentum certainly. Yeah, and uh, so there is. Uh, Bataka's won that that free kick. Uh, Chickson's put a lovely ball into the middle. I think McGuinness has got a flick on to, towards the far post, and I think ba- Bauer claims it. It goes in. I know, yeah, definitely. Because yeah. uh, um, I said, <laughs> I said in this interview whether whether um, uh, did Josh come over and say, "Oh, that's mine," because it was going in anyway. But I've watched the replay. That uh, was going wide. Yeah, no, it was definitely going. Yeah. Um, but um, it, it was sort of one of those ones where it just has to hit Bauer and going. It could have hit anyone at that yeah. far post because the flick on was good and. Uh, there, there, there's the rapturous scenes that, that we've uh, we saw it against Bolton at the Valley yes. a couple of times yeah. we, we, we fight to the end that's the sort of characters you get in the team you want but uh, show, shows there's still, there still is that love for the club isn't there and despite the falling attendances the people who, who were here enjoyed that moment we all did oh you can't because oh, yeah. no, it feels yeah. like a win you go ballistic don't you yeah, it's especially, especially when it's stolen as well <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, right so after, after those uh, wonderful scenes uh, on the, the pitch at the Valley uh, caretaker boss Kevin Nugent who goes out undefeated which is good to see and uh, uh, also confirmed uh, it's probably on your interview as well but he con- is, yeah, yes. confirmed uh, uh, what he thinks what he's <laughs> listen out for it because I asked the question and I think he wasn't entirely sure he wanted to answer so, yeah. so he, he sort of went uh, what do you mean so I had to sort of ram the point up a bit just to, just to make sure I got the answer I wanted. But we all—I mean, we all asked it. I asked it out. There yeah, I know. Yeah, I, I just don't know whether he—I yeah. he, he, don't know whether he, he yeah. just wanted to—he um, uh, wanted to wait because he, he came in here before he went into the main. Oh, pressure. I see. So I didn't know yeah. whether he thought he was allowed to give me that story before he went into the main. Uh, he's already given it to me out there anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, but you don't care. <laughs> <laughs> right, uh, right. Uh, so yeah, um, <clears throat> big bad Kevin Nugent came in to speak to to tell. This is our exclusive interview with the caretaker boss after yesterday's uh, late late one all draw with Sheffield United joined by uh, Kevin Nugent uh, after uh, uh, well a surprising I suppose in the end uh, one all draw Kevin it was, was it a case of um, not getting out of jail maybe not but uh, that last minute equaliser uh, for a lot of the time didn't, didn't seem like it was going to come but you must be delighted with it yeah absolutely I mean throughout the season you're going to get games where where you maybe don't perform at your best 
Um, today I think was one of them but the spirit gets you through that sometimes and, and they kept going till the end and, and I think everybody's got to be really proud of that that you've got a group of players that continue to grow and grow and grow and, and keep going till the end of the game uh, you um, you made a couple of subs in the second half which uh, which seemed to give us a little bit more impetus I mean obviously especially Jordan Bataka at the end but uh, even Adam Chickson coming on uh, in that second half just gave us, seemed to give us a little bit more edge but uh, do you think the fact that uh, Duffy and uh, who was one of their key players in that in that, uh, in that game for Sheffield United went off gave us a little bit of help as well um, possibly possibly but listen they're a very very good side they've got a, a, a really good bloke as a manager Chris Wilder and a very good manager as well um, they're a good side they cause problems they play a system that causes problems as well with their 3-4-1-2 and they've got you know arguably some of the best players in the league so uh, but I thought we, we contained them to a point um, and, and caused a few problems Occasionally, but I thought we sort of huffed and puffed a little bit. Maybe didn't get our passing game going well enough. Um, but listen, football's never perfect, and, and for me, the spirit and they kept going and kept going and and got the equaliser. But I think both teams would be disappointed with the goals conceded. Uh, you must be also delighted with uh, Dylan Phillips, uh, as 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 with Tuesday when uh, when we ended up winning comfortably. There were moments in the game where you need to call on your keeper to to either keep you in it or. Uh, or to stop you going behind even further and today was no exception he was uh, he pulled off some outstanding saves yeah he done really well as well and again everybody give everything today but Dylan was, was exceptional in there for us um, and obviously helped us get that point which I think is going to be an important point for us would you say uh, yeah, absolutely I mean it's, it's one of those where uh, you think well if we can get a point out of a game where uh, uh, I wouldn't say deserve because you, you always get what you deserve I think in the end but uh, a game where we were probably a little bit second best getting a point out of that actually bodes quite well yeah, and you got to respect that point as well because uh, I think I maybe mentioned previously that you know we've been trying to build foundation that if if you don't play well going forward and you're not fluid going forward, you've still got a chance of getting points. We didn't get beat four nil today. If you don't have that foundation, you're getting beat maybe three or four nil. But we've got a foundation that we're still hard to break down. Um, although there were a few chances, uh, there was it was still a reasonably end to end game, and it's a exciting game. And do you look at that as a, as a, as a manager, and, and uh, well done, still being unbeaten, by the way, uh, yeah. as a caretaker manager, but do you look at that and, and say exactly that, where uh, you're playing up probably against the best side we've played this season, I would say, uh, or certainly up there amongst uh, uh, the best sides we've played all the season, uh, and yet they're only 1-0 up. Even even if we hadn't got that equaliser, we've, we've contained them to only a one goal when um, other sides uh, may buckle under that sort of pressure and concede a lot more. Yeah, I, th- I think they absolutely. I mean, and the players are throwing bodies on the line, I think, and like I say, I think our fans should be right behind them because they've got a group of players that are willing to, to shed blood for this club. Well, um, obviously, uh, you know now, I mean, Tuesday was still a bit up in the air, but you know now Carl Robinson's uh, in, in the hot seat. Uh, have you, uh, and I know that he's let you take uh, take this game and, and this week uh, completely. Have you had a chance to chat to him or is that something that's going to happen over the Yeah, next I spoke to him. Years? He was in at the training ground on, I spoke to him Wednesday night. He was in at the training ground on Thursday. Had a, had a chat with him there and then uh, I was left to it really um, obviously um, uh, anything any decisions going forward has that still got to be made in what respect in, in, in your you know in what, in what you're going to do you're gonna yeah no he, listen he, he, said, he said he wants to keep us here um, I think you know there may be some other staff coming in as well so uh, yeah so we'll, we'll, we'll see what happens in the future well I'm sure everybody's delighted with that for, for that for the f- uh, simple fact that uh, you, you seem to be our lucky charm if nothing else <laughs> uh, so uh, uh, congratulations on that congratulations on today I mean the last minute win it's always uh, it's almost as good as a win that feels yeah it does feel like that yeah and I said to the players like I said the three games I've known them not for that long now because they haven't been in the club long 
but in these three games I felt a really proud man again you know not not especially after today but to go two wins seven points out of nine um, and against tough games as well everybody above everybody all of them teams above us in the league by the way as well you were above us in the league so that's a, that's a decent decent few games for us and I'm really really pleased absolutely just one more point for me before you go into the main press conference uh, you, you you seem like a coach and um, somebody who takes charge who's not frightened to make changes you did on Tuesday you brought in Chicks and, uh, and dropped uh, the skipper to the bench uh, you, did, you did that in the reverse today uh, was there, uh, what was the thinking behind uh, yeah I spoke to both of the lads you know I mean to be honest I just, I just felt in this game I wanted us to get on the ball. I thought, I thought if we were just solid and strong, it wasn't enough. And I wanted us to dominate possession more. Um, actually, that didn't really happen, to be honest, and we didn't get on it enough. And then, so I had to make that change. And towards the end, we sort of threw caution to the wind and, and put on, you know, put on Jordan Pataka as well. So we went a lot of 4-1-3-2 with Pataka, Lookman, Chickson, Novak and uh, Josh McGuinness up top. And listen, that we had to get on the ball because you know, we could have conceded everything because they're not a defensive group of players then. But it, it worked for us in the end. And congratulations on that. Uh, thanks for explaining that to us. Really appreciate it. Uh, and uh, look forward to uh, talking again in the future. Lovely. Thanks Cheers, very much. Thank you. Cheers. 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 Charlton Live from the home of time. time. This is Maritime Radio Greenwich. They got that deep, they all needed snorkels. Charlton Live. So welcome back to Charlton Live here on Maritime Radio. That was the caretaker boss, Kevin Nugent, speaking to El Tell after yesterday's uh, uh, late one-all draw. Uh, we're just saying how, how nice a bloke he seems, doesn't he? See, obviously, we haven't seen him after a defeat, really. <coughs> exactly, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like, and, and you're right, and having heard it now, <coughs> I, I, I like that honesty at the end where he says it doesn't work and he had to change it. I like, that's refreshing, that is. He does seem to be somebody who's not scared to do that. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, I've, I've sort of hinted at questions or, or asked directly at questions um, which uh, which I wanted a similar uh, you know similar response to and ended up, and you end up getting um, uh, side uh, sidetracked or or they just bluntly don't want to answer because you know look at you how dare you ask me something like that <laughs> um, so uh, you try and circumnavigate that and ask it in a different way but um, he's uh, he's an honest bloke and, and he um, and he comes out because I asked a similar thing you know when uh, on Tuesday night after he dropped uh, Johnny Jackson with Chickson you know uh, and uh, and it worked then and to you know unfortunately didn't quite work out yesterday in the same way. Uh, and hindsight's a wonderful thing. I think uh, actually there would be a case to apply in both, mm. uh, and uh, and and maybe just play uh, three at the back or even just one up front. Mm. Because uh, I mean, Nicky Jose, bless him. Apart from that early shot which he had, was getting nothing uh, service-wise. So uh, it, it wouldn't have mattered if he hadn't have been there. Yeah, quite a few, uh, plenty of tweets to come in to talk about yesterday's uh, game in particular. Jim Dutton says, "Yes, we were lucky, but it only took a moment of magic from Botaka to earn a point." And he's put hint, hint, Carl. <laughs> Uh, he obviously, he's obviously because that will be interesting <coughs> to see whether Carl Robinson takes a look at Botar and, and thinks, "Well, actually, I do fancy him." Because obviously, Nugent is Slade's man, so he's probably slightly been under the guidance of Russell throughout the season. If so, whatever yeah. reason he didn't want to play, him, that might stick. And it'd be interesting to see if that does change when when Robinson starts. Absolutely. Uh, John Pitcher says it was a mistake to change Tuesday's team. Uh, Sheffield showed us how far our midfield has to go to be really competitive. Uh, in League One, I guess throughout the course of the season, we try and work out where we are as as a team in this table. Well, where are we now? Twelfth, I think. Twelfth, yeah. Twelfth. So, 
are, are we the 12th best team in this league do you think we've, we've started to level out now where, where we are well I think if you look at who's above us uh, now um, I think you know if, if we look back at the teams we've played so far um, and uh, Scunthorpe uh, a fairly even game actually and uh, and that's how, it, uh, that's how it panned out good side uh, Bolton equally good side Sheffield United we know uh, I think are certainly the best side we haven't played Bradford yet so it's difficult uh, to, to say uh, outside of that you know we've got above us currently Southend who again I don't think we've played yet the first one is the first one New Year's Eve Millwall who we haven't played yet uh, Fleetwood who we have played probably should have won uh, but that was a fairly even game as well but yeah. we probably should have won uh, Wimbledon uh, Peterborough and Rochdale and Bradford as I said so would I expect to be able to beat those yes actually I would uh, considering what we did to Bristol considering what we've done to Port Vale um, I think we with the, with the squad that we've got we should be capable is it good enough then to break into the top three or four probably not actually mm. because I think Sheffield United comfortably better than us I think Bolton probably edge us as well Scunthorpe Difficult one that because I didn't you know when we played them I thought they're a handy enough side but you know we we should have beaten them but so uh, they've wiped the floor with some other teams since then yeah, yeah since then they've just been awesome so yeah. um, from a confidence point of view it'd be difficult to uh, to peg them back but um, we're I think we're miles behind the likes of Bolton and Sheffield United at the minute. Mm. Uh, right, right in time to go on to it. It says, Phillips was superb yesterday. There's only truth in the rumour that Rudd is going to go back in January. Uh, don't, don't, I've, heard I've not heard anything. But, yeah, you, I mean, it depends how serious that injury is. And Norwich might want him back to, yeah. to, to take care of the um, yeah. of the, the physio there rather yeah. than here. Who knows? But yeah. uh, I've not heard that. Yeah. Uh, he said, it was a lucky point yesterday, but we will take it. He carries on saying, Jackson is not a starter. Cross is too slow. Game pass them by. Need to strengthen in the central midfield area. 100% Botaka impressed. Again, so a lot of people picking up on Botaka. Mm. I think you know you can't deny you know mm. that uh, when he comes on, he's an impact sub, no question about it. Um, I'd say maybe you know the, the the reasons are, as I mentioned before, that there are other things that you can't do that they're worried about uh, for ninety minutes. We always just wonder how he trains. To be fair, like you, you, that's yeah. always the question when someone when someone looks so good on the pitch, but then they only come on for 10, 10, 20 minutes and then and you just wonder if they, if, they, if it is a fitness thing or if, if they dick about in training. Well, I do wonder, I mean, you've got to take the, the the whole thing into perspective possibly. If you put the tackle on from the start against uh, a team that's got Chris Duffy playing at full tilt, uh, their five-man midfield just bossed us. Would Bataka have uh, had ended up as, as, as a bit lonely as uh, Edamola and Nikita Jose for most of the game? Mm. Uh, the fact that he came on for the last, what, five or ten and... Uh, Duffy wasn't there and he was able to influence the game mm. um, uh, not, not knocking the bloke so I'd like to see him start I mean I think he should I, I, I thought he should have, would have started Tuesday night to be honest yeah. uh, with the injuries we had but um, uh, it, you know you, we'll only know when it happens I suppose yeah. uh, Lewis Wheeler says pretty obvious to near enough 90% of the fan base that Jackson is finished how he started in front of Chickson and Botaka uh, people walk past Jackson and the game passes him by Croft's two uh, multiple misplaced passes and Duffy ran, run him ragged for what reasons does Jackson justify his place does absolutely nothing get Botaka two quality runs and involved in our goal mm, I, I just think Jacko is more suited to the middle and we're having to play him out wide at the moment um, he, I agree I agree with Lewis I don't see why um, Chickson and um, Botaka aren't getting in the side Um but I, I wouldn't say Jackson's finished. I just I just think he's better suited to the middle of the park. Mm. I'd um, I mean we've uh, 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 the skipper's been uh, um, 
cast aside on more than one occasion by fans uh, who say he's at it and most of the time it's because he's been stuck out left uh, in the middle of nowhere and he's not a left midfield player he's not a wide left player just isn't he's left footed but he's not a wide left player mm-hmm. so putting him out there is entirely pointless I, I agree you know he didn't have, his, didn't have a good game yesterday mm-hmm. and I also agree Chickson should have started based on Chickson's performance against Bristol mm-hmm. um, is he finished uh, I'll only make that decision when I see him consistently in the middle yeah, because yeah. that's where he's supposed to play. I still think Johnny Jackson's got—he's more than capable of being that guy that can turn a game. He was, getting, he was getting goals at the start of the season, wasn't he? Was he was so, playing? You know, the I think, I think yeah. uh, you play him in the middle alongside. Uh, do I think Crofts? Uh, I think Orvestad is, is is our playmaker who should be left free to do what he wants. Uh, he shouldn't be in there um, mixing it. Is Cross and Jackson a right pair? Probably not. Actually, yeah. uh, they're probably too similar. So you can only either play one or the other. But you need somebody else um, in that midfield. Alongside Orvestad, mm. um, and if we had a a, a Fleck or a, a Duffy, and apparently we were after Duffy, oh, yeah? Uh, um, yeah, we were. I saw and that. we offered more mo- we offered uh, more money than Sheffield, but he didn't want to come south. That's a terrible decision. Has he never been to Sheffield before? <laughs> <laughs> well, his family. I think he's from Liverpool, so his family's yeah. in Liverpool, so he didn't want to come any further south yeah, than Sheffield, enough. and uh, and that's the reason we didn't get him. Apparently. <laughs> Uh, uh, Finch, you said it's harsh to ignore chicks and he changed the game for me. Extra legs uh, running up and down uh, when he stayed out wide. Uh, Jimmy Seed said uh, Blades uh, player blatantly grabbed and blocked Lookman for the goal, but should have seen it coming. We could do with another Duffy ourselves. He said, but did you think there was a foul on Lookman in the wide? I think he was, he was blocked off on numerous occasions yeah. and the referee picked up on it once early on and then ignored it every time mm-hmm. afterwards. Yeah. Uh, a, a lot of people talking about Botaka and Lewis said even if Botaka was 50% fit he'd, be, he'd do uh, better than Jackson who was absolutely useless you can't compare the, the, the two yeah, the different players yeah. um, and look uh, you know if I think uh, if Ricky Holmes is, is you know when he's fit then the skipper's going to struggle to get in the side no question about it because uh, Crofts uh, probably in, in terms of his of his fitness levels uh, probably edges uh, Jacko at the minute Um if we were going to play, if we were going to match up a five-man midfield, I'd have him in there all day, every day, alongside uh, Crofts. Uh, Botaka has had fifty minutes once. You can't judge him on that. Tell, give him a start, or you'll never find out how good he well, is. No, no, I agree with that. Yeah. By the way, no, I do agree with that. I mean, but I'm just trying to, as I said, the devil's advocate. But I'm just trying to second guess the reason why it's not <laughs> yeah. because I'd start him as well. Yeah. yeah, I'd like to see him start. I'd like to see him just be able to set in, settle into a game from the start of a. You know, from the off, yeah. put his mark on it. Mr. Weird is really uh, laying into the skipper here. He says Jackson should not even be considered cover or, def- or a defensive option because the players run past him like he's not even there. Did he run over his cattle, Sam? You can't argue with the performance yesterday because, you know, based on yesterday's performance, it wasn't a good one. You know, you can't, uh, you can't argue with that. It's, it's the fact. Yeah. Uh, London Inigiza said that we actually slaughtered Wimbledon for 85 minutes and lost. They were dreadful that day. But, exactly. um, but if you yeah. look at Wimbledon's form now, and they're, what are they, 6th or 7th now? They. So that's what I was saying before about you know the teams above us aren't scary until you get to the top three. Mm. Uh, so we should be in the mix at the top. It's, it's, it's such a tight league as well that does suggest <laughs> that apart from maybe that top three that there is there is a lot of similar teams in in this division as well, which is which is something that we can grab onto as a bit of hope. Uh, Bob Liscombe says, "How can everybody in the ground, other than those with red shirts on, not see that free kick?" Coming. I mean, we talked about the defence on that. It was, yeah, it was disappointing. It was. It was yeah, it was almost as static as we were in the uh, in the commentary box. Yeah. Uh, the defence. It was uh, a little bit uh, a little bit unbelievable to watch. Right. Uh, yesterday's last minute equaliser was scored by our big friendly German Patrick Bauer. He uh, came in to speak to Tell to give us an exclusive interview after his uh, last minute goal. His second goal in two games for the Alex. Joined by uh, goal scoring hero Patrick Bauer <laughs> after uh, after that uh, last gasp one all draw. With Sheffield United and, uh, and Patrick, you must be delighted with that contribution. 
Yeah, I'm uh, delighted about the uh, the point because uh, Sheffield United they were in a really good form and uh, it uh, it's a really strong team and it wasn't our best game but uh, at the end uh, we are delighted about uh, the point and from now we are looking forward to the next game. You had any uh, discussions with Josh McGuinness because it was his first header? Uh, are you telling him it was going wide before you knocked it in, or is he saying that was going in on anyway? Uh, I'm not quite sure about the situation anymore, but uh, it was just a, a free kick from Chicks, and uh, yeah, it hit me, and uh, I'm I'm taking it. Quite right too, absolutely. Uh, did uh, I mean you, you said you, as you were coming in, it's, it was a tiring game. Um, Sheffield United put us under an awful lot of pressure today. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, they are in a really good form, and um, they showed it in the last few games. They they got a lot of points and uh, we knew that that uh, it will be a difficult game but I think uh, we kept a good organisation they didn't have too many uh, chances out of the game and uh, yeah at the end uh, we are delighted about the point and uh, you've, uh, you've settled into a great partnership, a great win on Tuesday night uh, another uh, a draw today but against a top side that uh, could have gone a, a different way for us uh, today you must uh, you've come in and uh, you've settled in with a nice partnership with uh, with Jason Pierce. yeah definitely um, uh, since uh, I'm I'm back in the team uh, I most of the time I played with him together and um, I think uh, each game uh, we were improving together and uh, right now is I think it's a really good uh, partnership also um, if you see the ranking uh, of conceded goals I think uh, we are we are there uh, like second or third that shows that uh, we are working uh, really good as a defense not only me and uh, Chase and I think all the team is working uh, really good it starts uh, from from attacking and it goes from to the goalkeeper and uh, and like I said, we are working together really good. You mentioned the goalkeeper. You've had uh, a change of keeper behind you. Uh, Dylan Phillips has stepped in. And on Tuesday night and tonight, uh, made some crucial saves when it matters. Uh, you must be happy for Dylan uh, behind you. Of course, I'm delighted. Um, he was waiting a long time uh, for his uh, chance because uh, he has a great goalkeeper in front of uh, him. I think you could say that he is the best in the league. And but uh, yeah, he, he was waiting for his chance. He was training every time hard and uh, he got his. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. And uh, now he showed everyone uh, that he has great potential. 
getting back into this game after largely being uh, on the back foot, um, does that show the sort of character that the uh, the squad's got behind the scenes? Because uh, um, we've been up against it uh, this season. We've uh, we've got wins. We've got draws when we probably should have got wins, but uh, we seem to be uh, gelling a bit better as a side. Would that be fair? Yeah, yeah, that's true. Um, I think uh, the last few games, uh, except the game against Swindon. Um, we showed uh, improvement of uh, our performances and uh, also the results were better and we want to continue like that Well, congratulations on the goal today, well done uh, Thank you I'll much. argue with your case with Josh McGuinness, don't you worry Thank you very much <laughs> <laughs> Thank Lovely ball into the part of Goodmanson. Can he take his man on? He does. He's trying to be pulled back, but he's in the area. The ball across the Vinicaine! And there's a goal! Joel had the lead again. Super work. Firstly from Henderson to roll it out to Cousins, who did a pinpoint pass into the part of Goodmanson. And instead of Goodmanson going on his own, a slide rule ball across the penalty area picked out Vinicaine, who buried his chance, and Charlton are 2 1 up. Live. From the home of time. This is Maritime Radio, Greenwich. Carol, a heavy defeat at Burnley today. How do you sum that one up? We were good. Charlton Live. Talking about to Charlton Live, there was a big Paddy Bauer after his uh, late equaliser. I've been told off. Matthias Jan- Johnson, who lives in Sheffield, says, uh, Oi, Louis Mendes, don't mind the jokes, but lay off the Sheffield games. <laughs> <laughs> uh, good point, but it was uh, it's sad, but the skipper is not uh, what he was. Uh, is, uh, Whoever's all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'm certainly not. <laughs> uh, right, um, plenty of emails are coming after yep. yesterday's <laughs> game. Uh, tonight, today's subjects. Obviously, we're, we're going to talk about the appointment of Carl Robinson. If you want to get anything on that, you can tweet us at Charlton Live, email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Uh, email us about the game. Email us about. Um, we haven't talked about the card protest much yet. We've got an interview with Alan Davis from Card coming up later. Um, yesterday seemed. I don't know. It, it just seemed a little bit, a little bit more subdued. I, I, I don't know if. Uh, if the fact that there wasn't, there's not as many people here. There wasn't as many things to throw on the pitch. I, uh, think, that, <coughs> I think that's fair. I think yeah. uh, that the the taxis, whilst uh, being an excellent idea, were were smaller than the pigs, so the, the yeah. impact I think was slightly less, perhaps. Yeah. Uh, and they did appear to be less uh, thrown on the pitch mm. than, than maybe the pigs. Uh, I don't think Sheffield uh, United really um, uh, seem to, to, to be part of it. Whereas, yeah. uh, who do we play uh, when we when we had the pigs on commentary? Commentary, commentary. and our commentary obviously had their own fault, um, issues, and uh, and they. Uh, uh, they took part in the whole thing brilliantly, and uh, and so they were coming in from all sides. Uh, there were a few from the Sheffield United end, but not many, mm. uh, and I think that contributed probably as well. Um, and uh, maybe, as I say, because the taxes were that little bit smaller, and so they, and harder to see because they were black. Yeah, uh, perhaps the uh, that was the reason it didn't yeah. seem to have the same impact. And and maybe it's sort of thing everybody's expecting now, uh, and um, so it doesn't have the same impact for that reason. Yeah. I mean, it, it held out for three minutes. I don't think it, there's no way it affects a place. I mean, a player could be down for longer than that. Yeah. And so, why would it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Right. Um, the other subject is uh, injury. Well, injuries uh, that you've got while celebrating goals. Yeah, we've got a few of those. So yeah. we'll come to them. Later. <laughs> we'll come to those uh, throughout because uh, my other half, Amy, has got a huge bruise. I'm going to tweet it out from the Charlton Live account now, uh, which she hasn't. She hasn't stopped banging on about all day actually. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, she got a huge. Sounds bruise. like you've been really sympathetic. About <laughs> <it>. <laughs> Started off, and I got bored of it. <laughs> yeah, she um, uh, she got that um, uh, celebrating Paddy Bowers' goal yesterday. 
So uh, let us know what your worst um, away day set, well, a goal celebration has been. Uh, let's uh, let's hop on the emails, Del. Yeah, well, um, we'll start. I'll try and um, do some um, just specific magic moves, but there are mixed. So uh, uh, we're obviously going to touch on subjects we're going to go further on to later. But uh, Mark Newbreeze. Email us in, thanks, Mark. Evening, guys. <coughs> Excuse me. Can't complain about the point. We did. Uh, we didn't do enough to win, but didn't really deserve to lose. But I think we made them look better than they think they are. And, uh, and against the top three sides, we haven't lost. So some positives coming from the game. But I thought we reverted to an unbalanced midfield again in recalling Jacko with Chickson quite unlucky after his game midweek to be benched. And United exploited the gap down the left side time and time again. If we can see it as fans, how come experienced football coaches can't? Thought referee was weak and gave Lookman no protection from being clattered off the ball and you could see his head dropping and that's where you need Jacko to come on. Put his arm around him and keep him calm but there's no one doing that job. I think the protest is timed well but disappointed that when a friend of mine asked for an extra taxi for his six-month-old grandson he was berated by the volunteer telling him it was only to be thrown on the pitch and he obviously doesn't care about the club. I thoroughly support the protest and card but they need to explain to their help how to deal with people a little better. Cheers Mark. Uh, and that's from uh, Mark Newbury. Uh, yeah, thanks Mark. Um, yeah, I can't comment about uh, the six-year-old obviously but uh, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe the guy just had a bad morning. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. I, got a few, um, I got a few taxis after the game. After the game, yeah. yeah. I've missed it. out on the taxi. Yeah, uh, uh, I handed my ones out in the pub. I've well, got no, few... you promised me one, and then <laughs> <laughs> I got a few. I got a few from pitch side after the game. They're actually quite I mean, hard just, to find. I've got just, loads of balls as well. Just won't let it go that I wouldn't let him sleep on the floor on Tuesday night. Uh, 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 God, let's not talk. Let's not talk about that. Hovel, <laughs> hovel. Uh, by the way, uh, hovel. If, you, if you want it, there, there's an extra. There's an extra little thing we'd like to do tonight, and that if you want to guess just how many flea bites uh, <laughs> Louis got. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, the one closest will get a black taxi. Yeah, the photo I've just pointed out of Amy's leg. My my entire body looked like that after sleeping on that bed. Covered. I think I had the plague. <laughs> Head? Head. Can you, can you say walk, it disappears I'll, after a fall? I walked it off, I walked it off, yeah. <laughs> uh, right, elsewhere, we've got, uh, as I say, we're gonna, uh, these emails are likely to be a little mixed, so um, uh, forgive me if, if, they, if they have two more uh, subjects on there. But uh, Chris Davin, thanks, Chris. Uh, so a late equaliser from the BFG. Boy, do I, do I love a 90-plus minute equaliser. Here's to you, Mr. Robinson. Wise move, deciding not to take charge for this game. It's a bit of a tough one. <laughs> he set it out so that he can start his CFC short tenure versus, versus fake Wimbledon, his old club, if you can call them a club. <laughs> right, then on to the game. We started well, matched United for 30 minutes, conceded a sloppy goal, and then we were second best throughout. A lot of fans around me were slagging the performance. I disagree. We huffed and puffed, can't fault the effort, but to be honest, the plays were just better. But we hung in there, and whilst it remained at 1-0, anything can happen, and of course it did. Gillingham-esque in its timing. Boy, did I love that goal. A third of the crowd was stunned into silence. It was no more than the dirty blaze deserved as they decided to assault Lookman at every opportunity with little or no punishment dished out by the inept referee. Cometh the hour, cometh the man, unpredictable Bataka came on in the last ten or so and terrorised the visitors' defence. We won the free kick that led to the goal. As for the taxi for Roland thing, though the game was briefly held up, which is um, uh, THD aim at... Uh, went down a bit like a lead balloon. Uh, not Card's fault, but the lack of CFC fans in attendance meant not many taxis, balls on the pitch. Without many fans in attendance, the matchday protests re have really died a death, to be honest. Um, the big air goes at the top of Card regime, need a rethink. Anyway, enjoyed the game in a strange way, loved the finish. Just a shame Robinson will be the manager from next week. And it's cheers, Chris. Obviously not a fan of uh, Robinson there. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so he mentions about uh, about the, you know, the maybe the lack of effect of the, uh, of the uh, yeah. protest it, as well. There's an interesting point he made further up the email as well about Robinson. We had a couple of tweets from Matt Wright earlier on in the afternoon and said, here's a potential discussion point for tonight, Fox. Why didn't Robinson take charge of the game? Was he scared of losing against Sheffield United? He didn't want the first game to feature a protest. Wanted first game to be irrelevant versus MKs. Had lots of time to take the charge. I mean, we, like Richard Corley broke the story on Tuesday. So it was pretty much a done deal on Tuesday. It wasn't announced till Thursday. But even then, I mean, if a manager comes in Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, you'd probably expect him to 
at least have a look before the game on, on Saturday, wouldn't you? Um, I was a little surprised that, um, that it was just left to uh, uh, to Kevin Nugent uh, pretty much on his own until uh, until today. I, I suspect, or until to Monday, I, uh, I'd guess. Um, so, yeah, a little bit surprised, but um, I, uh, maybe he thought that uh, right, Nugent's done a superb job. He knows the players well over the last two games. If I come in and rock the boat, might have an adverse effect. Um, rather than a positive, but you have to do it at some point. Well, yeah. granted, yeah, but yeah. maybe he wants a full week with the players. A full week and, may, and maybe the irrelevant cup game. Uh, again, we're game. guessing, of course, but I mean, or, or he just didn't fancy facing Sheffield United. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there we go. <laughs> Who yeah. knows? Um, but uh, another one from um, uh, I'm just trying to see. No, uh, Martin Skipper. Thanks, Martin. Uh, hi, Louis. Hope you're doing well. Uh, I felt we were very fortunate to get a point yesterday. Sheffield United should have killed us off long before that. Having said that, their goal changed the game and I did not believe it to be a free kick in the first place, uh, which is fair. I thought it was a bit um, harsh. It was great to nick the point in stoppage time. Very much felt like a win and I went home with a bit of a smile on my face. On the protests, I don't think anything can be taken away from Card. They're volunteers who give up their time in the interest of Charlton's future. I think they represent more Charlton fans than uh, we may ever know. I think some Charlton fans, etc., need to respect the rights of others to engage in peaceful protest, yet it's not all technically legal, uh, but it's aimed at securing the future of the club. At the same time, those who choose not to protest or stop protesting should have their decision respected. Having said that, I myself am not prepared to pretend that a new manager, number eight, uh, is the answer to our prayers. Ronan Akatrian must and will, not, uh, will go, no doubt about it. We will get our club back. Card and others organise protest activity and represent a lot of Charlton fans very well. They will be uh, they will before long be heroes amongst us fans. Match day protests do need a little bit more of a shake up, but I have every faith in Card, and that's all the best from Martin Skipper. Yeah, it's Thanks, good. Martin. I, mean, I think that is a fair point about needing a shake up. I went I went up to the Swan after the game yesterday, because, uh, up up the top of the Charlton Village, because um, some of my friends were in there, and the, the Card lot were in there, and I, I know a few of them through speaking to them in interviews and whatnot, and I know I know Joe came on the show a couple, so I went over and spoke to them. Yeah, a couple of them, a couple of them admitted, you know, they, they were disappointed with the way it had gone. In terms of the protest, and I think they said oh, they, they they wonder if they do need to come up with something a bit different now, and I think that's fair enough. And um, I, I did notice in the last email from Chris there was something about egos. I, 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 you see a lot of that floated around about egos and stuff. I just don't I don't see I don't see what good that does accusing people who are trying to do something for the club of, of having an ego. I mean, obviously, mm. if you put yourself forward to do that sort of thing, you're probably going to get a little bit of a, of a reputation for it. But there's no point in just everyone just slagging off for having egos if they're trying to do something. Yeah, I mean, I don't know the people that well who are, who are running it, so I, I couldn't comment whether they do or they don't. But I think anybody who puts themselves forward for this type of job has to have. A, a big, big skin. Well, yeah. they have to they have to have a big personality, mm. and sometimes big personalities can be confused as big egos because you put yourself out there. Um, you know, I've said this before lots of times. Actually, anyway, if if, if somebody's actually doing this, let, 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 let's say that um, some people are right and they said the only reason that guy's doing it is because he wants a job at Charlton when all this changes. Okay, so what? Yeah. <laughs> no, really. So what? Because. You know, he's put whoever he he may you know whoever they're aiming that at is putting the time and effort in to do something. Whether whether you agree with it or not is another issue. But they're actually putting themselves up there. They're sticking their head above the parapet and are prepared to do something to 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 see to do what they see needs to happen. So if there's a, if there's an ulterior motive in that, as long as it, as long as the end game is achieved and, and the end game is what everybody wants, so what? Hmm. What difference does it make? I don't, think, I don't think there is that. No, I don't either. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. <clears throat> I don't think so either necessarily. But you know, if if somebody really believes that, and even if that's the truth, so what? What difference does it make? Because if we're all after the same thing, what difference does it make, yeah. really? Because as long as the end game is achieved, does it matter, really? Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, we're going to hear from uh, some 
audio from BBC Radio London yesterday in a minute where they were talking about Charlton. Uh, but just, I mean, obviously me and Tell set up in the press box, so we're not, we're not really in the thick of it now. Lewis, you're, you're down there in the thick of it. Where, did you see the North Upper? North, uh, North Upper, yeah. yeah. So where you are, what, what, how, when you gauge how many people are getting involved in the protest now, I mean, there, there must be dissenting voices in there who don't want to protest as well. I mean, mm. what, what, sort of, what sort of feeling are you getting now? I mean, to be honest, where, where I sit, it's, it's very pro-protest I mean there's the people that see different way will see different ways of it so I know there's there were some people behind me yesterday um, who were getting quite get quite aggravated at, at the match disruptions and they think there's better ways to protest but then you know they're probably still hurling taxis on the pitch or whatever <laughs> um, but yeah where, where I sit it's it's very pro-protest I can't say I've come across anybody yeah. that is, is anti because I just feel like I saw a little bit of it yesterday I went round to the Oak before the game where they're handing out the stuff just to see what's going on mm. And there was someone being interviewed. The taxi was there. There was someone being interviewed. I don't know who for, but there was a camera crew there. And whilst I was just walking off, another Trump fan came by and was giving her a bit of lip and saying, oh, you know, why are you protesting? This guy's putting all this money into the club. And she was going back saying, well, it's a loan and all this. And I didn't really mm. see the end of it. But, you know, you've seen a few bits of reporting. There was a few tweets flying around saying, oh, I, I think protest fatigue has, has hit with a lot of people now. I feel, feel like they're getting nowhere. Although, I think yeah. if you try and look at tangible results from it, we've got... We, even though we're going through them still at a rate of knots, we are getting British experienced managers now, which is one thing that we wanted. Yeah. Uh, you, you argue he's probably no, no nearer to selling than he was <laughs> any other time. But the, it, it just feel like a lot, you, you do feel there is a percentage of people there who are, who are upset that the fact it's the same thing happening now and, and want, they're, they're probably taking it out on card when really maybe they just want to see a change in, in things. I think, uh, and that's natural, actually. I think uh, if people, you know, and we're all the same. <coughs> ultimately, you, you, you see it in every walk of life when it comes to... Ultimately, as well, we all want to win games. Yeah. I mean, you know, regardless of who's on top, who's in charge or, or where we are, we want to win games because uh, that's why, it's one of the reasons why we follow the football. It's not the only one because there are a, a multitude of reasons uh, why we all follow Charlton. <coughs> uh, and it certainly isn't to win things, actually, generally, but winning football, individual football matches, is a buzz and you want, you want to do that. Um, so... Um, you can sort of understand people grasping at straws. That's the point I'm trying mm. to make. I think you know, you know if, if if they see that oh, there's a chink of light here, and this guy who has actually got money might have um, realised the error yeah. of his ways and is mm. now prepared to commit and do it, da, 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 then you can understand what the, to, to, why people would grasp yeah. at that. I, I mean, I I did exactly the same thing. I remember, I remember when we had the first meeting at the Woolwich Town Hall in February a couple of years ago. We were struggling down the bottom. I mean, we, we'd all had the disappointment the year before when Powell sat and we got rid of Jan and Stevens and players we loved. The next year, we, we started off okay. Then then things sort of died down and, and we were looking like relegation candidates again. We had this meeting where things were like, what, the, what on earth is going on? Then they signed all these players in that January. The likes of Roger Johnson who actually played really well in the second <coughs> half of that season. We ended up staying up comfortably under Guy Luzon and finishing 12th. And I remember thinking, right, that's it. They've learned their lesson now. And I was ready to just calm down and start the next season where we beat QPR. Everyone's thinking, oh, here we go. We actually look a half-decent unit. But the fact that they then the same mistakes have reared their heads again, yeah. that's why I think some fans are not going to relax anymore. No. Like, yeah. And you can understand that as well. Yeah. Uh, and I suppose, um, you know, and it sounds very twee and, uh, and um, uh, probably uh, far too liberal for many, but, uh, you know, I'd just like people to realise that everybody's right. Actually, yeah. Ultimately, uh, and as long as we all want the end game, then uh, let's not slag each other off because yeah. uh, you have a different way. Of it's, 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 it is really tiresome from on on the forum seeing people slagging each other off over any yeah. over anything, whether it's people disagreeing about Morgan Fox or whether it's people disagreeing about the the protest. It is really tiresome. I got into a conversation with someone who I sort of sort of know distantly yesterday on Twitter, trying to have a not an argument but a conversation about the protest, and even that, like we were, we were people who know each other. 
you know, at a distance. And like, mm. even after about, after about three or four tweets of that going back, I was like, "Why am I getting involved in this? Like, it's, it's not enjoyable at all. No, or productive. Yeah, or, or productive. Yeah. Uh, London- Can I just do one more email because uh, before and it, it's relevant to uh, yesterday's game, of course. And uh, but it's also a slight twist on this on the um, injury uh, side of things. Um, uh, Howard Wood. Right. Uh, he didn't get injured. He was at the Valley yesterday. Decided to go to the cho- toilet during the last two minutes. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and he says, well, at least it wasn't last season's Fulham game, which I'm assuming means something, which I can't remember. Well, the Fulham game we scored twice in the oh, last, the last minutes, yes, so, yeah, yes, yeah, of course. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's not quite the injury, but we all should feel just as sorry. It's, it's an injury to his soul after, <laughs> yeah. missing, after missing that last minute goal. London Eagles says it's not Card's fault, but a lack of fans and, uh, and <clears> matches means match day protests don't work. Do you know, and, I'll, and, and, and this is a question that uh, that people can, maybe can answer, and it's probably, it's, well, it's certainly for, for, for the last half hour, but um, I saw something on Twitter, and it came from an unlikely source that I won't mention, but uh, there was a suggestion that uh, for one game at least, or one game only, and you can pick which one, I don't care, but um, everybody come back. Yeah, I saw that. Was it? Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Fill the ground. And then, if you want to protest, a full ground will make much bigger impact than uh, mm. than a ground that's uh, mm. third full. Probably, probably would. But would. I think yeah. I think the fact that so many people are just a bit disillusioned. I think like if if people talk about the the uh, the first game after they go as well, and they're saying oh, it's going to be twenty thousand, I, I generally don't think it will be because I think there'll be so many people have walked away that they just won't come back. It would go up. The, there's no doubt the crowd will go up, but I don't mm. think we'll hit crowds of twenty thousand until it'll we get take back a to while. Yeah, no, yeah. Well, maybe not the pre- Yes, no, you're probably right. Actually, you, you know, thinking about it, yes, you're probably right. And it, it happened when we went to Celeste as well. You know, the, the same thing happened, and it took us. Uh, admittedly, the crowd, uh, uh, the restrictions on the amount we could get in was an effect, but uh, you know, it took some ingenuity from uh, from the people running the club back then and the people in charge to get us back to. Uh, well, we did target ten thousand, and we did target twenty. Mm. Um, and then target forty, obviously. But so it can happen. We know it can happen, and it, but it'll take uh, a huge leap uh, for, for that to, to come back. I'm afraid. Right. Uh, obviously, we have uh, appointed our new manager, <coughs> Carl Robinson. Now, I hope, you, I hope you don't mind me playing this because this is a bit of my own work from yesterday. But it is is relevant because a it's uh, I went out and interviewed a couple of Charlton fans, which um, which we then played on the show yesterday. But uh, so we can hear if, uh, a couple of Charlton fans what they what their views are. It's Kyle and it's John who I spoke to in the Valley Cap. I, I I got a text on the way to the game yesterday. Literally, I was running late already. And they said, "Oh, do you mind doing some um, vox pops to get some fans' opinion?" And I was like, oh, "I wanted to go and get some breakfast. I'm starving here." And I thought, and I thought, "Oh, I'll turn it into a nice down the calf feature." <laughs> so I texted them saying, oh, I, "I hope you don't mind. I did it in the calf to make it sound like a really good real fan in the calf." But the the real reason I did it is you were in breakfast. Yeah, I was having <laughs> breakfast at the time and just interviewed people <laughs> sitting on tables nearby. Um, and then they didn't even say anything about the calf. But you can hear you can hear the cutlery going in the background. Uh, so this uh, so I spoke to a couple of Charm fans yesterday. This is this is the entire segment from BBC Radio London. Because it's also got the host Nick Godwin, and it's got Charlton legend Steve Brown, who was uh, at the Swansea Palace game with Nick, talking about it. And they picked up on a couple of the quotes that uh, Charlton fan Pete Howarth got off Carl Robinson after the Bristol Rovers game, which I was surprised by because I never mentioned those quotes to them. So they obviously they were aware of those quotes, and they also yeah they, they also took a, a view on those quotes, which um, as someone as as an outsider, these two. I mean, Steve Brown's obviously not really an outsider, but Nick is an outsider. He's not a Charlton fan or anything like that. I, I've, I just thought it was interesting to see how they viewed the quotes as well. So on a separate note, I really hope Brownie celebrated that Swansea winner. 
I'm sure he did. I'm sure he, did. he was on the pitch. He was on the pitch. Yeah. Uh, no. So this is uh, this is the the segment from BBC Radio London yesterday, uh, where they discuss the uh, the appointment of Carl Robinson. Now Charlton announced the appointment of Carl Robinson as their new manager this week, taking over from Russell Slade, who was sacked a fortnight ago. Robinson's previous managerial reign at Milton Keynes came to an end last month after six and a half years in charge. So, what do the fans make of the appointment? Our reporter Louis Mendes has been finding out. Well, first of all, I'm just glad it's not Chris O'Loughlin, which was, I think, everyone's initial fear after Slade was sacked and he was thrown to the coaching staff. Um, as, as an individual, as sort of a, a character, I'm not really a massive fan of him. Um, he comes across as quite quite arrogant and, and the sort that, that wants to blame everything on someone but himself. The sort, you know, he'll look for a referee mistake or he'll look for something that, that can take the blame away from him or his team. But at the same time, He's got a decent reputation. He got he got MK to, to play some, some decent football. Uh, okay, he's got the, the sort of the slight blot in his copybook the last season and the start of this season. But I don't think that that damaged his reputation too much. I think he's been at MK quite a long time and his, his time will probably come to an end there. Um, I think really the only the only problem with him inheriting this side is that he likes his teams to play a lot of attractive passing football, and we've got no midfielders that can play attractive passing football. So for him to work, there's definitely going to be a need to, to strengthen the midfield in January. Um, but it's I'm, I'm not I'm not unhappy put it that way. I think that that he he can he can get the he can get something out of this squad. I've slight concerns that yeah an appointment of. Mr. Robinson, that it's on the back of a, a small winning streak. Um, so it's on a, a slight hiding to nothing, really, uh, because if he comes in and, you know, we start sliding backwards, people are going to point the finger uh, straight away. And uh, for someone to come in and say, well, the, the um, protest must stop, you can't instill that into, to, you know, what is the basis uh, of people having the, the right to peaceful protest. Uh, those comments relate to something that Carl Robinson is reported to have said after the Bristol Rovers Charlton game, where he said that uh, the protests have to stop. Uh, Louis Mendes is going to be at Charlton against Sheffield United for us this afternoon at three o'clock. Uh, Louis, uh, good to hear your you getting the thoughts of those fans. Uh, those protests aren't going to stop, are they? That is that's a borderline antagonistic say thing to say to a set of fans who you've not actually been unveiled to yet. Yeah, I guess it does raise the question as to whether Carl actually knows exactly what he's getting himself into here. I think, um, you know, the, the, the protests run so much deeper than just the performances on the pitch, which, if we're being honest, over the last six or seven weeks have actually been pretty good. I mean, Carl in a fantastic result at Bristol Rovers on, on Tuesday. If, 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 you, if you don't fully understand the fact that... I think if Carl Robinson had come into this club at any other time, I imagine he'd had 99% of supporters behind him because, you know, he was, he was reasonably successful at MK Dons. I think the protests, he needs to understand aren't really aimed at him, they are aimed at the owner. Louis, stay there a second. I'm going to bring in Steve Brown, who uh, knows a fair bit about Charlton Athletic, I think it's fair to say. Uh, Steve, you were listening to some of the fans there. Louis' point is well made, isn't it? It doesn't actually matter what his credentials are or, or what he, he does. His association with this regime has kind of, in the eyes of some Charlton fans, already tarnished him. That's not really his fault. It's just the, the nature of what we're being confronted with here. Yeah, I mean, firstly, you know, Louis mentioned that they, they weren't in that bad form. One, one poor performance at Swindon has cost Russell Slade his job. And first and foremost, I think that, that culling, that sacking has come 
a little bit too quickly after all the noise in the summer about we're going with an English manager we're going to give him time and space and and we're going to let him make some signings in 16 games later, 16 games later he's gone and that, that just upsets all the supporters that you've tried to appease with some with some words that, that you haven't stuck by and, and that has upset the supporters again then you bring in another English manager which I suppose is, is better than going back to you know a foreign manager which they, they tried to go with you know at the start of their uh, ownership and at the end of the day I think Louis will, will tell you once I finish talking that the split is so great that it doesn't matter who comes in anymore I don't see how the owner's going to win the supporters trust back and bring numbers through the door and, and, and it doesn't matter uh, you know what the results are I don't think anymore and Carl Robinson must understand I think it's quite a foolish thing for him to open up with and say actually um, you know I said to you in the past get your foot in the door assess the situation see what's around and then and then, and then make your uh, your judgement calls but to, to open up with that line certainly not going to do him any favours and, and quite honestly I don't think it matters I, I think the split is so great that um, it's not going to turn around Louis they could have given you the job could they it, 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 it doesn't matter who the uh, the man is in charge yeah, yeah it, it does feel like that sometimes I mean in fairness to them like I said, they did bring in a, a competent manager in Russell Slade who was doing what he needed to do but as, as Steve just said there they, they cut it short halfway through it was one, it was one result at Swindon they, they, I don't think they've won they'd only lost one in six by the time he got sacked it, does, it doesn't make any sense and uh, he's also right in saying that the, the split is too much now the coalition against Roland du Chatelet which is the, the protest group that, that has been uh, grabbing all the headlines over the past few few months that have said that you know, they, they, they actually had a bit of a ceasefire when Russell Slade came in because they wanted to give to, to, you know, to give them a chance to see if they had changed their ways. The fact that he was sacked so quickly means that they, they clearly haven't and there's no ceasefire being, being afforded to Carl Robinson now and I, I'm expecting a big protest today. Uh, and it doesn't help that I suppose Sheffield United are in town as well. I mean, that's a, that's a really, really uh, tough game in, in this situation. Obviously, Carl Robinson conceivably said why don't I take over on Monday why don't, why don't you get why don't you get Saturday afternoon out of the way and we'll deal with uh, well, I'll deal with things from Monday because it's, it's very very difficult team to play against given this the surrounding atmosphere yeah 14 games unbeaten Sheffield United on, on a four game winning streak there, there, there could have been a much easier start for him especially coming off the back of this this five goals they scored at, at Bristol Rovers the fan who got the quotes from Carl in the car park I actually spoke to him not long after and he said he joked to him that if you don't score five against uh, Sheffield United you're going to be fired and, and <laughs> Carl said back, I think I'll start on Monday then. <laughs> <laughs> well, he's got his wish. Louis, great talking to you. We'll get all the team news and, the, uh, and, and all the, the real sense of the match day uh, a little bit later on here on BBC Radio London. That's Louis Mendes at Charlton against Sheffield United for us with Carl Robinson taking over uh, on Monday. So there we heard um, a bit of uh, stuff from BBC Radio London yesterday. Um, in particular, it's, it's always good to hear from Stevie Brown. Um, and obviously he knows the club. Uh, better, than, better than most would and he, he seems to think that it, the, the relationship is beyond repair uh, I think he's probably right as well <laughs> uh, you can't argue with anything he said I don't think yeah. um, right we've got uh, plenty of tweets that have come in about the appointment of uh, of Carl Robinson Mendonca's right foot said that he's a great appointment he's a good and up and coming manager uh, Dan Finch says happy with the appointment hopefully given the right time he knows how to get out of this league good luck to him um, EJ Garner says regardless of his personality we could do much worse however with these owners it may be a case of right man wrong time and that's exactly how I feel yeah that's that, how I feel yeah, too that's exactly how I feel because I think you know a lot of been said I mean Mike Tyson <coughs> says um, he had a, ma- a massive budget for League One took three years to get MK up and then went down straight, straight away but I, I do think he was consistently at the top he, 
And apparently he does play this nice brand of football. And I, I think he's one of those managers there where it, is quite, it will be very interesting to see how he gets on at a different club. And I just dread to think that he's going to take a knock to his career if he doesn't get the, if he doesn't get the support he needs here. I'd, you know, I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm trying to, I'm arguing with myself. I think mostly, uh, which is not unusual. Um, <laughs> and I was exactly the same when Russell Slobe was appointed. I'm underwhelmed, I guess. And but I, I can't make out. You know, I'm arguing myself. Am I underwhelmed because uh, I don't particularly like the manager um, Russell Slade? I didn't know too much about, so that really isn't the case. Um, Carl Robinson. I'm a fan of him as a manager, not necessarily a, as a person particularly, because he always came off as a bit of a whiner to me. But um, or am I underwhelmed because of the situation we're in uh, and the, the worry, you know, in the back of my head that it won't really matter? Do you know what I mean? And, and, and you know, Steve Brand alluded to it as well that, uh, um, you know, the gap is already too big and will it make a difference who we do or who, who we bring anyway? And there's a bit of that going on in the back of my head as well. So, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, don't get me wrong, I'm prepared and I hope that he's a, a huge success uh, and that uh, we suddenly find a missing ingredient and we kick on and everything's fantastic. Yeah, that's um, what we hope for. That's what we yeah, hope for. Fingers crossed. Um, yeah. um, but I've been supporting this lot too yeah. long anyway. But um, I've been hoping to win the lorry for a couple of years <laughs> as well. But hasn't so yeah, I'm, I'm just in that sort of. Uh, I guess uh, I'm in the. I'll just watch and see and see how it pans out. Yeah, so we've got 15 minutes left here on right. tonight's Charlton Live. We've got a few more emails. We've still got the subject of. Uh, Injury time, well, injury, well, injury time, we can call it. <laughs> injury, injuries that you've uh, gained whilst uh, celebrating goals after my other half, Amy, got the world's biggest bruise apparently on on her leg yesterday. So we'll, we'll hear a few of those. But let's let's get on to the emails before. I'm going to hit these one after the other, and then we can because uh, and it'll it'll there'll be a mix of uh, of subjects, but um, otherwise we might not get through them. Um, so I'll start with Matt. Matt, thanks very much. Uh, and this is hi all. As Terry rightly mentioned on past shows, we should listen and respect the views of everyone that calls themselves a Charlton fan. However, that doesn't mean that those of us who believe the regime has to go shouldn't continue to challenge and engage with those calling for the protest to end so we can just support the team and the new manager. Yes, Robinson could be a decent appointment, uh, and yes, he could quickly get us up, uh, guide us up this volatile league. But even if we were champions come May, the club would be a fraction of what it once was and, we'll st- uh, and what it still can be. We wouldn't suddenly fill the valley, and the atmosphere we used to get every Saturday won't magically return. To wipe yet another slate clean and just support the team is the easier, more comfortable option, but it's exactly what Roland wants. The Charlton we could have is worth fighting for, and more importantly, would have a much higher chance of success on the pitch. We cannot forget we wouldn't be in League One had Roland not stuck with the head coach from the Belgium 3rd Division for 14 games. (laughs) We also have to keep challenging those using the myth to justify taking the easy option. Don't want to sound like Benitez, but it's (laughs) a fact. Uh, Protests during games haven't affected result. Uh, results and it's a, a fact all protest groups have advocated supporting the team as well as fighting the regime. I know Card and the other fantastic protest groups will keep going but I hope those of us who weren't or aren't directly involved will also stand by what we believe in and challenge others in a fair and patronising way. Some people won't listen won't want to listen but the moment we are passive Roland has won. What a show it will be when we finally when he finally sells a club. Keep up the good work and that's Matt Gainsford. Cheers Matt. Yeah, that's an it. absolutely cracking email. Yeah, that's that really is, good email. Yeah, I really absolutely. enjoyed that one. Uh, Philip Hill. Hi, guys. Uh, thanks, Phil, by the way. It's been a while. Uh, I'll keep my email short, as I know you inevitably have a lot to get through. In terms of the game, we were second best throughout. Having, uh, however, gaining a point in that fashion will hopefully give us the impetus to push on. I don't have a funny goal celebration, unfortunately, but once I went for, uh, a goal, uh, went for uh, I went for gold when we scored what I thought was the legitimate opener five or six years ago. I began jumping up and down, thrashing about, shouting, or, and all sorts, only for, it to be, only for it to be ruled offside. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in the stadium seemed to know long before I'd realised, so you can imagine I was rather, left rather red-faced. <laughs> uh, I think we've all done that at some point, surely. 
No, just you. No, no, my, my brother Con did it. I, mem- I remember who's oh, Gary Rowett called a free kick against Sunderland, I think, at home in the Premier League days, and it hit the side netting. And everyone in our corner thought it was in for about three seconds, apart from Con, who thought it was in for about twenty-five minutes. <laughs> and was it, and then it was like saying, "Who's got it? Who's got it?" It's like it's not gone in. My <laughs> most embarrassing. You know, thanks, by the way, Phil. He says anyway. Great show as always. Thanks. My worst one in that respect was back in the Premier League days. Who did we sign from Sheffield Wednesday? Um, Jay Bullfroyd mm, oh no it's Chris Bart Williams Chris Bart Williams, yeah, Chris Bart Williams. Williams. Back, at the back of the covenant and uh, um, I think we were it was either nil nil or, or we were losing one nil can't quite remember uh, but um, they brought him on uh, moments before we got had a free kick to take uh, and it was about 20 yards out mm. uh, and I think we'd taken off our natural free kick taker uh, to bring him on and I wasn't a massive fan of uh, Chris Bart Williams if I'm honest and uh, when he came on, the free kick uh, was given, fairly central, so about 20 yards out, and up steps Chris Bart Williams to take a kick. I shouted in, in a rather louder voice than I probably should have done uh, at a time when everybody else was quiet. He couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo, I think was the, uh, <laughs> was the phrase, uh, which he promptly, promptly popped up and banged it into the bottom left-hand corner. Uh, and everybody in the vicinity, and there were quite a few of them, uh, looked at me pointy-fingered and going, yes, really? Is that where, 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 Chris, where Chris Bart Williams turns around and shushes yeah, you yeah, like, like, like yeah, the church man does? Thing, yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I was quite rightly berated for knowing nothing about football. Uh, and uh, and long, has that continued? long has that continued? Yeah. <laughs> It was the same before, and it still is. <laughs> uh, Paul Griffiths has uh, emailed us in. Uh, Dear Charlton Live team, thanks as ever for the wonderful podcast every week, which get me through my lunchtime exercise sessions. Uh, <laughs> well, just, uh, You're not the only person I've heard who's exercised to Charlton Live. As do we. <laughs> uh, well, another interesting couple of weeks in the circus that our beloved uh, that is our beloved club. After missing the last two home games, uh, home league games, was back at the Valley yesterday, starting with the game, and I know from Twitter I might be quite alone in this, but I didn't think we played that bad. It was simply Sheffield United were simply better than us. Um, uh, um, and in my view it doesn't hurt to say the opposition are better than you um, always great to get a last minute equaliser it feels like a win uh, like so many fans still don't know what to make of our new manager I don't know enough about him to have a few I fear uh, though it would not matter who we get in under this regime it, they will get only 16 games or so and be gone uh, great to see Card keeping up the protest but fear whatever plan Ronald has still in the club is not one of them <laughs> uh, thanks Paul um, he kept saying to his dad apparently throughout the second half we could somehow keep it at 1-0 anything could happen and for once he was right he said Dylan, I thought Dylan Phillips had another good game after his impressive debut on Tuesday yeah. uh, I tweeted tweet that, tweet that as well to someone about 10 minutes from the end someone tweeted saying how are we playing I said I just said well as long as it's 1-0 there's always a chance and I was right uh, Cap as, uh, as email has seen thanks Cap pleased with uh, yesterday's result playing in an informed team uh, top team for this league whilst we rode our luck Phillips proved to be a worthy deputy to Rudd Sheffield after a stod- dodgy start or a stodgy one uh, have clicked whereas uh, we're still finding ourselves not helped by the regime's enforced managerial changes Lookman received no protection yesterday from the referee with two or three clear off the ball incidents in the good old days if the referee did not do his job Ron Chopper Harris Harry Cripps or Norman Bite Your Legs would have, uh, would have laid down the law uh, if RD looked at our history we'd see that our most successful modern period was one manager in 15 years not 15 managers in five uh, for in brackets. Finally, you said you felt sorry that RD had thrown KM under the bus. That sympathy would have been fine for the first time, but uh, she knows what is, uh, he is, having been thrown under the bus at least three times. Uh, sucker it up or resign. And that's from Cap. Right, cheers, Cap. Mark Wilson. 
Uh, thanks, Mark. Dear studio team, the regime is now further away from the fans than it has ever been, and the stupid decisions carry on. Eight months ago, the cataclysmic... Uh, yeah, oh, see? see that's how you say stuff like that. He's trying to get me. Yeah. Uh, I'm going off, Mark. <laughs> Eight months ago, the cataclysmic, comical, barely comprehensible <laughs> Dear Fan Statement, written by Ronan, was published on the website. I, I, I want a medal for that, by the way. Uh, of those... He thought he was going to get me there. I'm glad, I'm glad you're into it. <laughs> of those eight paragraphs, seven were nonsensical. Uh, but one actually made some sense. It pointed to some success that the team had just enjoyed. The paragraph read, The team has just got seven points from three games. Yes, Roland, results matter. And that kind of return is as good as it sounds. So it's a horrible irony that Nugent's brief spell is to be ended tomorrow, despite an identical record, seven points in three games. Chris O'Loughlin was part of the interview panel for Carl Robinson, so he's been hired to oversee the decision that Roland has already made to replace the temporary replacement for the replacement to the replacement to the interim replacement to the replacement to the replacement to the replacement of the title-winning manager Roland inherited when he bought the club. Did anybody get that, by the way? <laughs> I think he's gone down the timeline. <laughs> <laughs> An unknown coach with a ridiculously little experience brought in to confirm the eighth managerial decision made by the absentee owner isn't as bad as some of the others he's made. Uh, but still no indication as to the direction of travel. No word on where the team must be at the end of the season. Nothing's been shared about how the budget will stop being frittered on players who get paid by Charlton to play for other clubs. And importantly, there's no indication that any of the risable ruinous Asinine decisions of the last three years are going to stop anytime soon. And that's Mark from Seven X. He says he's watching on a ghast. Yeah. See, I could say a ghast. Yeah. <laughs> Got that one. Uh, right. Uh, moving on to Steve Catley, which uh, um, hopefully uh, I can speak uh, and read properly. Uh, cheers, Steve. Not sure if it counts, chaps, but my brother was so distraught at tearing a button off his posh coat whilst chucking a rubber taxi, he almost cried. <laughs> Actually, it doesn't count at all, does it? That's, not an injury. That's, that's a coat injury rather than a person <laughs> injury. <laughs> and uh, I've, got, I've got one more after this. Richard uh, has emailed us in. Thanks, Richard. Hi, all. Won't talk about the games. We've covered that really well. But can we have a listen to Terry's commentary of the 84th to 87th minute, please. I watched it live and it was comedy gold on the pitch. I'm told Terry was spitting about it. Sounds like a must-hear radio to me. Uh, I'm trying to remember what it was, Richard, if I'm honest. I'm guessing it was when um, uh, uh, there was that stint of fouls that... um that Sheffield United were committing. That's what I'm getting. Uh, I'll, I have to listen to it back so to, so I can yeah. remember. But because uh, I know that uh, I think it was Fleck actually did a flying kung fu kick at Pataka to try and stop him going down the wing <laughs> at one point, uh, which really incensed me. Um, so yeah, if it's that, yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad I, I made you happy. Um, <laughs> Uh, the last one is, is actually a generous. Nothing to do. Well, it is to do with Charlton, but it's more to do with um, a charity. And this is from Stephen Hearn. Good evening, gentlemen. Uh, thanks, Stephen. Hope you don't mind me mentioning this, but some of the Charlton Live listeners might be interested in an auction on the 3rd of December at Rosen Reeves Auctions in Halsham, East Sussex. Lot 737 is a large quantity of Charlton Athletic programmes and other memorabilia. You can bid online via www.bidonthis.co.uk. You don't have to actually be at the auction. <coughs> Excuse me. The whole catalogue for the auction is on the Rosen Reeves website and the other information about the auction. There are some other really exceptional football memorabilia items at the auction as well. Thanks for your time if you mention this. So it's uh, all the W's, bid on this.co.uk, lot 737 for chump stuff if you want to have a go. There you go. So hopefully good for charity. Right, before uh, the, the show finishes off, we're going to have a, a listen to people's injuries from, from gold celebrations. We've also got a very quick uh, interview with uh, Alan Davis from Card. Uh, I spoke to him before yesterday. He's going, uh, Pete Super Addict, you're right at the top of the show, saying he saw a few disgruntled tweets about Cardius, and that is true, and that's what mm. we've we sort of mentioned about the, the split in it. But, um, you know, I went and spoke to Card because I wanted to find out you know, if, if their mindset has changed at all uh, since the uh, appointment of uh, Carl Robertson. I think it's fair to say that it hasn't. 
Alan, fresh from your escapades over in Belgium uh, with the Taxi for Ireland stunt. Something, something quite similar happening today, it seems. Yeah, we're continuing the theme, Louis. We've got uh, 1,700 little black stress taxis that are going to hit the valley turf this afternoon. Uh, supplemented, because we run out of the world supply of taxis, uh, we're supplementing them with some old favourites, the black and white stress balls. And I think the message today is, despite the fact that a new manager's been appointed, there's going to be no let-up now from, from Card. Absolutely. I think we've made our position clear. Uh, we don't think that it matters who the manager is under this regime. They're not going to be allowed to succeed because of the interference and mismanagement of the uh, leadership. Now, we talked about the, um, how successful the, the Taxi for Roland trip was. Um, it, towards the end of that trip, you yourself, you, you, were, you were on TalkSport, and at exactly that time, uh, a text came through from Roland de Chatelet, and you had to respond to that immediately. How, how did you describe your feelings when you had to dis respond to that on air? Uh, it was quite uh, strange, really, because I felt I was told by the producers of the radio show while I was waiting to speak to Jim White, uh, and I just felt so much anger, but I didn't want that to come across in the interview. Nobody likes a ranty football fan, uh, so I had to try and channel it, uh, but I was incensed with what he said, and it, it wasn't difficult to pick apart, but it was n not easy to keep calm. Still talking about an end game. The end game for Car doesn't change at all, is it? No, we just want Roland out. Simple as. Uh, Myra can go, but he's got to go. Otherwise, we'll have the same old rubbish year in, year out. Uh, so we carry on, and it's a question of do we wear him down or don't we? We're going to give it our best. So we heard Alan Davis of Card there. Uh, I, still, I, I still don't understand how when he was the, he was the one who was interviewed on TalkSport within 15 seconds of Roland's text <laughs> being read out by Jim White and how he didn't explode. Uh, down the, the, the phone, I have no idea, but he did very well there. Uh, right, so, top of the hour, we were talking about um, injuries that you've sustained whilst trying to celebrate Charlton goals. I think the I, I've never had one too bad. I think I cut my leg away at Sheffield United when we won 2-0 in a League 1 promotion season. That's the worst I had. Um, uh, Sebo said he whacked my knee against a banister at Selhurst when Neil Redfern scored on Boxing Day 98. It's, Palace in ground, it's Palace's ground, but that day we were playing against the old Wimbledon in the Prem. We lost 1-2, and in the end, I remember uh, Yawley getting Wimbledon's first. Yeah, I went to that game. Uh, and then th there was one that, as soon as, as soon as we talked about this, um, this uh, potential uh, subject, I knew straight away I was going to get this one. Which was something to do with someone's ACL. Have you, have you, has it come up on your phone, the ACL one? Uh, it hasn't. No, no. No, all right, you, you do the ones you've got. Well, I've, well, I found that. So, Lewis, you, okay. you've got a couple of the so images. So, well. I've got one here from Tim Ruffle. Um, he says he almost broke his arm on a concrete barrier celebrating a goal in Ooh. the playoff semi against Ipswich. <laughs> uh, so, I can imagine. That would have been I've, done, I've always done shins at the back of my legs where, where you jump up, uh, if, especially if you had been sitting, and uh, the back of the seat clangs you, if it, especially the old wooden ones. Mm. I just remembered actually. My, my dad elbowed me in the mouth when um, <laughs> when uh, it was it. He scored late on against Southend. Carl Reed. He elbowed me in the mouth, knocked me over, and cut my ear open. But that was worth it. That was a last minute winner. So. I know we almost had <laughs> to carry my son Daniel home from a one-all draw at Birmingham when he celebrated <laughs> the goal um, because uh, he, he went down about three rows yeah. of seats. One-all draws at Birmingham—they are the pinnacle of your football <laughs> career, aren't they? So <laughs> you can understand the massive celebrations. Got any I, think the, I think the one I had as well was. Um, in the, our second season back down in the championship when uh, Nicky Bailey scored the absolute belter against Wolves I think I scratched my my shins or the backs of my legs on the on the seats <laughs> which wasn't very nice um, yeah. we've got London in at Giza said he smashed his son's glasses celebrating a goal during the League <laughs> 1 title winning season I remember uh, sending somebody's glasses miles down the, the Wembley um, 
terraces after we uh, <laughs> after we won the play, uh, playoff final there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you haven't gotten back. I've no I, idea. I stamped on someone's phone when Jerome Thomas scored against Spurs <laughs> at White Hart Lane years and years ago. Was that deliberate? Well, he'd been annoying me. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, so this one this one comes from Clem Snyder. He says, uh, he ruptured his ACL at Villa Park oh, when Mills scored in God. the 4-3 and then he nearly drowned as well because he ended up face down in a puddle with about 20 blokes on top of him. Oh, that's got to take... I mean, actually, uh, <laughs> I, I, my daughter got injured on the way to uh, QPR. Yeah, I remember on the boat, uh, she, she slid down the stairs of the boat yeah. <laughs> uh, because uh, quite a few pints had been spilt in the process <laughs> and, she, and she, she'd had a few and didn't spot them. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she spent, we spent the first half hour on the QPR phys- um, physio table or something nice. uh, as have uh, a lot of players um, uh, she got, Sue Gallup says she got a sin scar from uh, Ipswich when Jacko equalised on, on New Year's Day that one uh, and Lawrence Carmen just on yesterday I said what did you make of yesterday's game and he just put it was shocking <laughs> well, I don't know if that's related to the protest actually I, I saw one on there actually it made me laugh it's a great great mannequin challenge for the first yeah. goal <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's what we were doing now, yeah, no, that's no. Ryan Taylor yeah, it's a great mannequin challenge apparently they were working on set pieces during the week and he put lol <laughs> uh, Seb says he, re- he recalled thinking for about three seconds that Sean Newton had made it 5-4 in the playoff final when it hit the side neck in, in the second half of extra time so I can't remember that because I think there were some slightly more memorable moments from that game wasn't there <laughs> That's true. It's There's a good one here, actually. The playmaker said he um, sprained his wrist when Akpo Soji scored the winner against Leeds nice. at home. Oh, I remember that. Game, that was yeah. unreal. That, that yeah. was a really good. I think I fell down a few flights of yeah. stairs during that one. <laughs> Lewis Willis said, I was pushed o- I pushed over an old man by mistake. Was it Jacko? Uh, by mistake <laughs> at the Brentford game when Callum Harriet scored the second. And Paul Watts said, I almost knocked out my wife at Southend. She jumped up as I was coming back down after... I think he said Lehman's, uh, Leeburn scored his, uh, his famous goal. Uh, Rich, uh, Richard Church just uh, uh, tweeted me to, just to clarify exactly why. <clears throat> Apparently it was Chipson's run that should have ended with a cross but didn't, which is what we mentioned about yeah. before. Uh, 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 closely followed by that uh, dodgy back pass for to, to <laughs> Apparently I was spitting blood about it. <laughs> there you go. And I think that's pretty much time, unfortunately, because yeah, it's coming up to the last uh, 30 seconds of the show. Thanks for uh, listening to Charlton Live this evening. I have been Louis Mendes. You have been Terry Smith. Thanks for coming in to help. Cheers, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Lewis Catford coming in not a problem Louis. we hope you've enjoyed the show we'll be back on uh, Thursday evening with the big match preview myself Nath and Tom as we look ahead to next week's FA Cup game with MK Dons which will be the first game in charge for Carl Robertson we look forward to seeing you then thanks for listening to tonight's show hope you've enjoyed it Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.